Welcome to the Stoic Sage. In this podcast, we are dedicated to using past knowledge tested by time to empower people of today. This podcast series includes discussions around modern challenges utilizing wisdom from nearly 2,000 years ago with the goal of bringing about how to think rather than what to think. Welcome to the journey to sagehood. It is in your own power to maintain the beauty of your soul or to be a decent human being. Marcus Aurelius Something I found really interesting recently is the philosophy of religion and depiction of gods that have influenced humanity. And with this episode, I thought it'd be interesting to have a look into what makes religion so impactful from the time of its creation all the way into modern day. And in this episode, it's not to judge or critique religion as a whole, but simply to view it, view its impact and how it can become so impactful. So let's start with what the Stoics believed. As noted by Zeno, the creator of Stoicism, previously known as the Zenonians, Stoics don't necessarily believe in a particular god. They more so believed in the law of the universe, what can be seen and understood, things that are within the bounds of logic and reason. They did, however, understand that there are many things outside of our control and outside of our knowledge. This unknown nature was noted by some Stoics as a form of God. In short, some Stoics believed in a god, while others noted that anything we cannot understand would be a god. Another way to look at this thought process would be Logos. Logos. Seneca wrote that Logos is God, and it, and it was written in the Bible, in Psalms, that the universe moves in God's law. This law being physics, things that we are bound to, like nature, universal reason, logos. At the time of Stoicism's rising in popularity, the religious climate had been boiling as many religions were fighting for power over one another, each claiming to be the one true religion. Rome, around the time of 300 AD, was being challenged by Christianity and Catholicism, and many religions and philosophers and philosophies being practiced were thrown to the wayside as many were deemed wrong and, and or immoral. The power of the Catholic Church was just too much for philosophical schools to bear at that time. But there is something interesting that I noticed. Has anyone noticed how every religious figure has a beard? <laughs> Have you wondered if religious figures would have been taken seriously if they didn't have a beard? Well, it certainly represented wisdom, and while it's definitely not all that true in today's standards, we have to go back to the ancient times to understand the psychology of beards. You see, old age more often than not represented wisdom, because those men have lived a relatively long life, and living at that time was not a cushy thing back then. The type of physical labor, countless wars. I mean, they probably didn't have the strongest safety policies. Now, I'm sure they did, obviously, not trying to say that they were less intelligent, but technology was very limited. So accident-prone deaths were 
astronomically high. Not only that, but illness took out a large, large majority of the population at the younger ages. And so on and so forth, things just happen. I can talk about this forever, but let's go back to why these beards represent wisdom. Wisdom came from life experience. Life experience is represented in beards. More wisdom is defined by the gray slash white beards. If we look at the most popular religions, they all have beards. Odin of Norse mythology, Jesus of Christianity, Muhammad of Islam, the Greek and Roman gods, even the peoples that can't grow full beards, they are still represented as having long goatees, mustaches, and, and long hair, sometimes dreaded and sometimes long and straight form. Overall, the length of the hair and beards represented a lot. The religion that I found most interesting was Catholicism and Christianity, more specifically uh, representing Jesus. I bring up Jesus because he was one of the few people who were said to be the Son of God and an actual historical figure. You see, in the Bible, Jesus was not described as having a beard, but he was portrayed this way in art. The earliest known drawings of Jesus were dated 200 to 300 years after his death. The oldest painting being 253 CE. This painting depicted him with a beard. But what about the oldest drawings? Researchers and, and archaeologists found drawings of Jesus on the walls of caves around, I think, uh, 2011. And oddly enough, Jesus did not have a beard in these drawings. And there is a drawing of Jesus depicting the story of him bringing back a man from the dead. And he had no beard. One could say, well, maybe that wasn't him. And while I initially would, would also say that, but who else in that region around that time period was bringing people back from the dead? There is also another drawing with him tending to a flock of sheep. This depiction specifically specifically showing how Jesus went on to carry the sheep that was falling behind. This is a clear image of Jesus being a shepherd and would be known as the archetype and an integral part of Christianity. Another image is a drawing of him walking on water, again, with no beard. But from all these images, we can now theorize that he had to be well into his 30s or 20s or 30s, around that time frame. So, where does the beard come into play? Well, let's look at the time period after his death. The Catholic Church had spent many years trying to solidify the importance of Jesus as King of Kings. The other existing religions around that time were that of Greek and Roman mythology, uh, being the most prevalent. So, you have to think a bit. How would you get your God to topple the other gods representing wisdom, power, and to be known as the one and true God. Well, there was a lot of political play, along with great storytelling, fear, wise words, and finally, depictions. A picture is worth a thousand words, so the image of Jesus needed to be able to compete with that of the Greek and Roman pantheon. Even after 200 years after his, his death, there were no clear depictions or clear writings of how Jesus looked, at least none that survived in the early stages. Finally, 
We can't forget the culture in Greece and Rome, which was filled with philosophers who were revered as some of the wisest people around. This is super important, but let's start with the gods. Picture Zeus. I'd imagine you thought of a large man with a lightning bolt, probably ripped, and with white or gray hair. Some of the other gods were also depicted in this way. In some iterations, they didn't have a beard like that of Ares and Hades. But Zeus is pretty standard. Zeus is also the leader and the most powerful of the Olympians. So if a growing religion would want to establish their religion, you would have to appease to the masses as well, right? And if we think of a culture that worships the gods like Zeus, and someone brings up another god, Jesus, with no beard, modest and unknown, how likely would your god be accepted in that society? Now picture the wisest people in society, the philosophers. I'd imagine you think of a modest man wearing a white tunic and cloak with a beard. So the society already had an idea of what was powerful to worship and what, was, and what wisdom looked like. The Christians needed to get Jesus to essentially compete with those gods to gain political power. And this is not my statement, by the way. Many historians and archaeologists theorize this. So with the existing image of the current gods, historians believe that leaders of the Christian church drew up a new version of Jesus, having the beard as we all know it today, olive skin like the Romans, wearing a tunic or cloak like the philosophers, and the cherry on top sitting on a throne like the gods. Now, this last part is important because Roman emperors were never depicted as sitting on thrones. Roman emperors believed the only people worthy of sitting on a throne were the gods themselves. If you look at ancient depictions of emperors, they're all sitting on a sort of stool. It sort of looks like an X if you kind of see it in drawings or in the form of sculptures. With this new image of Jesus, they were able to take up their large and growing following to Emperor Constantine at that time to be granted state-level religious tolerance. Many events took place after Jesus was accepted by the masses and even by the emperors, so much so to the point where advice was taken from the Christian church on political tactics. Now, I won't go any deeper into the history after Jesus was granted acceptance into Roman culture, but it's interesting to see how impactful the image of God really is and how this image has shaped society. It's almost respectable in terms of political tactics. And we are still seeing this personified today in modern media, modern culture. And we still accept it to be true when we look back at history. This is ingrained in our minds. Almost reminds me of the Stanford science experience where students played a part being police officers and prisoners. And they believe themselves to be this character because of what the uniforms represented. Our perception, however, should indeed be shaped not by just the image, but more so by the wisdom and actions taken by the individual. The final thing I would like to say is when we look back at history in this way, questioning what we know today and how things played out to impact today, it's not rational to think that they thought like us. How our ancestors thought and why they thought are not entirely the same. This is not to compare intelligence levels, 
But this understanding is important because they are born in a different time. And much like we today will manipulate for power, they too did the same. History, at the end of the day, rhymes. Thank you for listening in. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does help out the show. If you would like to check out some Sage merch or read the blog, please go to stoicsage.co. Also give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I wish you well, fellow Stoics, on the path to sagehood.